It's opt-out season, just like Shark Tank. You're either in or you are out. You always better be opting in when it comes to extending the play with NFL Eagles insider Johnny Mack, John McMullen. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. The podcast is on YouTube at Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B, and any of your podcast platforms. John writes for Philly Voice at phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated at si.com so john it's opt-out season and there's only a few more days left of that fill us in yeah i'm impressed with that intro ryan i i said uh, opt-outs uh are official finally they kept getting pushed back and and the players association the nfl finally uh uh got things done uh official put it on paper and uh, the CBA amendments, and that means they have set the opt-out date. It's going to be Thursday at 4 Eastern time. So guys are going to have to make a decision. And I mentioned uh, on our prior show, Marquise Goodwin is the only Eagles player that has opted out. And if you compare that to some of the other teams in this league, most notably New England, who is at 9, I believe. It's 8 or 9. Um, it could be much worse. And it's going to be interesting because now that Doug Peterson has tested positive, does that make anyone rethink and say, okay, do I really want to do this? So maybe the next couple days are going to be kind of interesting uh, to see not only in Philadelphia, but everywhere, how many people start rethinking this thing and saying it's not worth it for whatever reason and, and decide to opt out already. I've said this on, on numerous shows, numerous platforms. I think there's 44 opt-outs last time I checked today. That's more than I thought there would be. So already we're past um, where I think most people thought we would be. Yeah, it's definitely been surprising for me as well, the amount of players um, and just NFL employees that you see who have opted out already for the 2020 NFL season. So, John, this is a pretty – I guess stupid question for lack of a better word. I know there's no such thing, but Friday comes along and God forbid something serious happens regarding a player or someone close to them and they have to opt out or they have to step away. What does that look like compared to opting out today or tomorrow? Well, there are going to be a couple exceptions uh, for, for guys that might have serious family issues and, and they could, uh, opt out down the line, serious health issues. But for the most part, if you don't have those those types of issues, that's it. You're in or you're out. Now, you know, you saw uh, Cepedes with the Mets kind of just opt out by leaving in Major League <laughs> Baseball. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if an NFL player, I don't know how you can stop that. If somebody wakes up one day and says, ah, I'm packing my bags, I'm leaving. I no longer want to do this. I mean, I guess you don't have to pay him the stipend. Uh, it's 150000 in the NFL uh, for uh, uh, opt-outs uh, with no medical reason. It's three hundred fifty dollars uh, if you have a, a medical reason. Uh, so I suppose you could not pay them that. But 
there's no real stopping somebody if they want to say, hey, I'm done. So I, I guess you can look at it uh, both ways. Yeah, of course. I mean, at the end of the day, if someone wants to not show up, they're not going to show up. That's their yeah. right. They can do that. I, I disagree with the deadline, though, for this current landscape. We've mentioned at nausea, nausea, the, the amount of times that things have changed here, John, hourly, not just daily or weekly with news and how we are informed on COVID-19 and its impact on sports. Next week, who knows where we could be? And if a player wants to opt out, I think they deserve the same things they're getting now before this deadline. I don't think there should be a deadline this season. Yeah, I mean, I certainly see your point, but that's sort of the negotiation they went through. And from the league's perspective, I mean, their mentality is you have to know uh, as an organization, you have to prepare for the season. So uh, you want to know who's here, who's not here. Uh, And if certain players leave and opt out, you have to make uh, plans and contingencies, just as we talked about on the last show with the coaching staff, same holds true with the players. Mm-hmm. I mentioned on, on Tony Bruno's show today, there was a trade, P.J. Hall uh, traded from the Raiders to the Vikings, a, a defensive tackle, former second-round pick in 2018. So uh didn't work out in, in, in Oakland, now Las Vegas with the Raiders. But uh, Minnesota needed a defensive tackle because Michael Pierce opted out. And so that's what teams want to know. They want to know, uh, do I have to go out and get something do I have to uh, buttress a certain position? Uh, but, yeah, from just a pure health standpoint, I can certainly understand where you're coming from. And, and you know, again, I, I think from that standpoint, you could lean on the fact that, okay, if you're that concerned and things change somewhere down the line, then you can just pack up your bags and, and say, okay, I'm leaving, understanding you're not going to get that little bit of money, uh, but maybe certain guys figure it would be worth it, depending on how poorly things go. Although I would say if it goes that poorly where people are considering opting out, the NFL would probably have to shut down the entire league. So I'm not sure that's going to be a, pro- a problem. Yeah, and and just from my standpoint, I completely get everything you just said. Teams need to know. They need to prepare. They need to know if they need to fill a void at a certain spot slash position on the depth chart. I get it. But nothing that we are experiencing right now is even close to normal. So I can just already look into my crystal ball and see the stories being written and posted on my Twitter feed. Um, about a player opting out after that deadline and how they deserve to be treated the same way prior to the deadline. You know you're going to see that. Oh, sure. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love most of my colleagues, but let's be honest. Some of, I, They're like everybody else on social media. They want likes and retweets, and they want to be validated. Not everybody. There are some people like me that don't give a you-know-what and <laughs> write what they want to write and write that. And there's other people that, yeah, they want to be validated. So, yeah, you're going to see those stories. Well, John, I wish I could be like you, but I will admit I want to be liked and validated and retweeted. <laughs> well, I, I, it's not that I 
don't <laughs> want to be liked, but I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't want to be fake to be liked, and I'm not yes. claiming that's what you're trying to do. But I do think there are a lot of people on social media that are fake, and they are fake to try and be liked. You just define social media. <laughs> I would say that is social media in a nutshell: is people being fake. Um, desperately wanting to be liked but nonetheless we'll stop there with our social media rants as we get down that rabbit hole often uh john is there any other nfl news or notes you want to touch on because this is a shortened episode and i want a few minutes of your time to talk hoops no i, I would encourage everybody uh to uh listen to our prior podcast uh, which is on doug peterson and testing positive for covid we got into deuce daily and and We'll get into more Eagles as practice starts to ramp up, certainly. But, yeah, let's do some Orlando bubble talk in the Oxum's Razor that is the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's do it. So a couple more housekeeping items, and then we'll wrap up this episode with uh, NBA and Sixers talk. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube at Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B Media. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and any of your podcasts platforms follow john on twitter at jf mcmullen myself at ryan rothstein 33 and the podcast at extend the play so we're recording this on monday night august 3rd the nba has since started their season thursday night but most of the games were played over the weekend in our backyard the philadelphia 76ers opened up on saturday evening just about two nights ago against the indiana pacers Shake Milton and Joel Embiid got into it on the floor, which resulted in a bucket for Indiana. Ben Simmons looked like Ben Simmons, really <laughs> athletic, made an impact, but was also a liability in the half-court sets, didn't take a three-point shot. Shake Milton, the big news over the past few weeks, inserted into the starting lineup indefinitely as the new point guard. He put up a goose egg, zero points. John McMullen, what is your takeaway from all of that? Well, uh, there's a couple. And one, as I mentioned, at some point, I think people are going to have to default to <laughs> maybe the Sixers just aren't that good. Uh, and I know that's very difficult for people. Because are you defaulting to, to that? Not necessarily. I think you brought up Shake Milton. And uh, for instance, I mean, y you mentioned the goose egg. Well, that's not going to happen consistently. Um you know, I, I don't think he's going to dominate as he did in, in certain games where uh, the Sixers weren't at full strength and, and put up some big numbers. But uh, I do think he's a, a decent player. And obviously, you're going to revert sort of to the mean and he's going to have uh, 14, 15 points and, and things like that and, and, and have a representative showing. So right off the bat, you're not going to have – play that poorly at such an important position. And I do think they're a good team and good teams win more often than they lose. But I, you know, so many and Sixers Twitter, I, 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 I joke all the time is the most bipolar Twitter of all. I mean, <laughs> you sit there and watch a game and, and sort of go uh, uh, look at it as you're watching on your phone and seeing the real live reaction and you go, this team's winning an NBA championship to this is 
the worst team ever created. And obviously it's somewhere in between, but bottom line is the default was most people thought this was a championship contender. This is not close to being a championship contender. And it starts with the two superstars and they're incredibly talented. And you just mentioned it with Ben Simmons, but they're also incredibly flawed in both of them. And that's what Brett Brown's struggling with. And by the way, Brett Brown is also sort of a lightning rod. It's just a guy. He's not a terrible coach. He's average. He is the definition of average. And that's, man, it, listen, <laughs> we don't have enough time to get into my thoughts on Brett Brown. And I am well aware that a lot of the issues and hurdles that this team is trying to overcome are not Brett Brown's doing. And they're problems that Brett Brown cannot answer. But guess what? You look at the roster on paper, fair or foul. They are a very talented roster. They have two young superstars who Embiid is a beast, but really as a whole with the team and the roster, they have not developed and progressed both individually and collectively as most people would have hoped them to develop at this point. You look at Joel Embiid, he was a plus 21. He had 41 points and 21 rebounds. The Sixers had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter with eight minutes remaining. They take him out for a quick breather. At the five-minute mark, the Sixers are trailing by two when he comes back into the game. Al Horford, a minus 26. It's a problem. Yeah, and by the way, real quick, Ryan, let yeah. me, I, I mean, I, look, there are certain things, and that's we talk about in sports all the time. I think it was Branch Rickey in baseball, really, that said it first, or at least gets credit. And, and everybody talks about it with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Better to give up on a player a year early than a year late. And, and that means, you know, basically all good players are going to hit that wall. Al Horford was a great player, a great player. And, and even a couple years ago, he would give the Sixers fits. And all of a sudden he can't play. <laughs> It's amazing. He got really uh, old really fast. It, it, it really is. I, I mean, you know, people will laugh at that. People are very myopic and, and don't pay attention to the NBA. And they, they look at Al play and they're saying minus 26, as you said. He's terrible. He was great. He was. And, and, and he's not anymore. So part of that is just, look, they made a mistake from a, a, a personnel standpoint Thought he had more left in the tank than he obviously does. But overall, even if you go past Al Horford, the fit of this team is terrible. And I think if you even go back to last year uh, when when they came close and obviously you needed the great Kawhi shot uh, for the Raptors to get out of that series, you know, J.J. Redick. I mean, look, if you have Joel Embiid, dominant player on in at, at the center position in an era where there are no dominant centers because everybody shoots threes. And then you have Ben Simmons, who, as you mentioned, is a physical freak, uh, but doesn't shoot the basketball. What do you need? If you have those two players, what do you need? You, you need, need shooting. Somebody. Yes. Yes. You need shooting and one ball handler. That's it. 
and 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 JJ Redick was perfect for this team. Oh and I'm my not goodness beyond perfect, John. Yeah. I mean, especially for Brett Brown, it, it doesn't matter. You could insert John McMullen as head coach, and JJ Redick's fit, especially with Joel Embiid, was perfect. Yeah, and, and we all know the defensive deficiencies. And I, I'm not trying to say uh, you didn't have issues at the other end of the floor, and you saw Boston take advantage of that at times and 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 uh, abuse them on the defensive end. But from a standpoint of of, of just creating space and being a, a a fit for what this team has at, in the superstars, that's the type of player you need. And everybody has faults. I, I can't stand when people focus on faults of players in any sport and they don't recognize what they do brilliantly. And for J.J. Redick, he's one of the best pure shooters uh, in this league, and he has been for a very long time. Uh, now, he was aging again as well, and and same thing happens there. But you needed that type of player. Uh, and maybe not to the level of, of J.J. Redick, but you need shooting, man. You need shooting, and they don't have it. It's as simple as that. They have no shooting. They have no reliable, legitimate wing play. Tobias Harris, the $180 million man, he dropped a 30-piece on Saturday. He's a very good player. But he's not someone that is ever going to wow you, and a wow isn't what you need, but – my point is you need someone a little bit more that has a little bit more of the it factor. John, you bring up last season with the 76ers. The 76ers had Jimmy Butler, who bailed the Sixers out of so many big situations in the postseason down the stretch, and he just brought that swagger and attitude, and the Sixers had J.J. Redick. Now they're starting Ben Simmons at the forward. They're starting Tobias at the forward. You're starting Embiid, and you're starting Shake Milton Yeah, well, I I mean, I agree with you, and I talked all the time about Jimmy Butler, and I I, I said he was the only adult in the room on that particular team, and he did have uh, that mentality. But I I also don't blame the Sixers because he didn't want to be here. So, I mean, that's one of the the things with Jimmy Butler and why he's a great player, but he's bounced around so much. And, you know, he does have uh, some – personality uh, clashes with yep. coaches and players everywhere he's been, basically. So I, I, I don't necessarily blame them for that. But, yeah, I mean, they haven't been able to replace that guy. You could give the ball in the fourth quarter and he can go get a shot, even though he didn't in one high-profile situation. But, <laughs> uh, you, you know, consistently, certainly in, in the modern – NBA game, you need that type of player that can go get his own shot because, look, as great as Joel Embiid is, you got to get him the basketball. I mean, he's not going to create, uh, at least not consistently. Uh, and if you give him the ball, I, you know, all you got to do is double run at him, and, and you're probably getting 10 seconds, 10 tenths of a second away from a, a turnover. Uh, you need that player you need that guy that can do it by himself at the end of the fourth quarter in a big game and they had that with butler but i don't necessarily think they could have brought him back i just don't think he had any interest and and that topic is a conversation for another episode because i think he didn't come back 
because of, you know, maybe some head coach uh, philosophies that he disagrees with, maybe some personnel philosophies and decisions outside of himself that he disagreed with. But those are conspiracy theories at this point, John. Um, To wrap up this episode, what we saw from Ben Simmons on Saturday not shooting, is that what you're expecting moving forward? Or Yeah, I mean, at this point, the sample size is not small. So I, I used that last time we talked basketball, I used that wedding crash, uh, crashers example, Ryan, where I said, <laughs> you know, hey, we're young. Eh, we're not that young we're anymore. Not that young. Now, 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 Ben Simmons is still young, but the sample size is large enough. You know what you have as a player. It's not changing. And I'm going to say something now, and people are going to kill me for this, but I'm going to say it. It's time to move Ben Simmons. Time to move on. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and that's something we're going to have to get into uh, on a future podcast. So that's why you need to stay tuned because in a week or two, as the Sixers and the NBA season moves along, I'm sure that's a topic that John and I. Or maybe a future radio show. Maybe we have some news coming. Maybe we might. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you're going to get John and I more on some bigger platforms. Maybe not. You're going to have to keep listening. To find out right here on Extending the Play, subscribe at Jacob Media on the YouTube channel, J-A-K-I-B. All of the platforms, Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, the list is very long, as you all know. Subscribe to any of those. Uh, follow John at J.F. McMullen and myself at Ryan Rothstein 33, phillyvoice.com and si.com. John, put a bow on it. Uh, Bo is, let's hope the Sixers can get things. As I said, they're a good team. They're not a great team. So if you're looking for that magical run uh, to the NBA title, I think you're going to be disappointed. Uh, But they'll be better uh, than what you saw uh, against Indiana. And hopefully they don't give up any more 50 spots. That would help as well. Yeah, hopefully no more 50 spots from a former Uber driver. Nothing against Uber, (laughs) but my goodness gracious. (laughs) On that note, thank you, everyone, for tuning in once again. If you're new, welcome and enjoy the ride. Until next time, everyone. Peace. You've been listening to another episode of Extending the Play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen, alongside myself, host Ryan Rothstein, producer of The Tony Bruno Show. Be sure to check out all of John McMullen's work at phillyvoice.com and for Sports Illustrated at si.com. Like always, be sure to subscribe at our YouTube channel at Jacob Media. All these episodes are powered and presented by Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B Media. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on any platform. Thank you once again for listening and until next time, everyone.